0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 21 of the KV Pod. I'm your host, Daniel. On this episode, we have a return appearance of one of my very best friends, someone who was on the podcast previously. We talked about educational issues, Carly Wallace. Except in this episode, we are going to talk about one of my absolute favorite educational programs that I have had the privilege of working in for several years. And Carly has also worked in this program. The name of the program is Upward Bound. Now, for those of you that may not know, Upward Bound is a federally funded program, and there are hundreds and hundreds of them around the United States, and we have one in Kirksville. Upward Bound is a program that's been around since the 60s, and it is specifically geared toward low-income, first-generation high school students who are interested in pursuing a college degree. And for those of you who may be unfamiliar with the term, first generation simply means that these high school students who are interested in getting a college degree will be the first in their families to do so. Now, I won't get into it too much here because Carly and I are going to discuss this in the episode, but there is a lot of research that shows that. Students who come from a low-income background and are first-generation have significant disadvantages when it comes to not only getting into college, but succeeding in college. And the beauty of Upward Bound is that they are specifically looking to bring equity to those students who are interested in pursuing a college degree. So I hope you guys really enjoyed this episode. I know that this conversation with me and Carly was very encouraging to me. Just because I believe Upward Bound is a really great thing that's happening in education right now, which is just such a contrast to a lot of negative things that I think are happening at a national level in education in the United States right now. So, without further ado, I hope you guys really enjoy this episode. If you are interested in learning more about Upward Bound or you would like to reach out to me, let me know your thoughts on this episode. All of that information is in the show notes. Feel free to jump in there. And also, make sure you are subscribed to the show so that you don't miss any upcoming episodes. And if you find this episode helpful or enlightening, go ahead and share it with someone else who you think would benefit from it. Okay, let's get into the episode. Hello, Carly. Hello, Daniel.
1: It's good to be back.
0: Yeah. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm so excited to have you on again. Um, I am really just knocking out my remote podcasting chops, I guess. So you are giving me ample opportunity to <laughs> work on the techie stuff. So yes. And
1: there's a, from the way I perceive it, there's going to be a huge bump in production quality for this one. So that is that the will-
0: plan. Yes. Continue. <laughs> I, I have high expectations for making this podcast sound good on a technical sense, but also zero budget. So <laughs> trying to make that work is, is part of the fun of podcasting. But I'm just so excited to have you on again. Um, yes. I had you on, I don't know how long ago that was. I mean, it wasn't terribly long ago. Um, oh, nice. Yeah, we had a great conversation about our experiences in education. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, some of the similarities and differences uh, therein. And if anyone hasn't listened to the episode, you should definitely go and check that out. Um, but we have more to talk about. Yes, we do. We have um, both, ha- we both have experience working in a program called Upward Bound, which I was not aware of until I was in college because Truman State University has an Upward Bound program. And so I sure. kind of stumbled into mm-hmm. it um, as an undergrad and then... Realize, like, oh my gosh, this is an amazing program that is doing wonderful things in the world of education. And I am still, work, I am currently working for them right now in their summer session. Um, and I've oh, been. In the that's program. awesome. I thought you were doing that. Yeah,
1: I had a very similar introduction to Upward Bound. Didn't know it existed, and now I can't stop talking about it. Like, I'm always on the lookout for other programs. I tell everyone I can about it, trying to spread the word because I think it is one of those few things that's just like. I feel like they're doing everything right. Um, yeah. And I, like, my experience working with them in, in at Truman was, like, my favorite part of being at Truman, I would say.
0: Oh, wow. That's amazing. So out of all of classes you took, extracurricular stuff you did in oh, college? Yeah.
1: It was, like, everything. Because it perfectly combined, like, you know, it was my job and work-study, you know. Um, but it also was at the intersection of my what I was studying um, and it allowed me to be on campus in the summer, which I'm sure we'll get to talk about more, um, interact with students in a really, really cool capacity that you don't get in your normal observations or like through the normal course of the master's degree. Right. So yeah.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, it's just, it's an amazing program. And um, I kind of want to jump into our personal experience with the program. Um, You and I both had a really cool summer where we were coworkers. Um, Mm -hmm. at the program, and we've worked in other capacities for the program at other times. I'd like to start with kind of that personal experience, and I don't want to talk too much about, it's a national program, but I do want to just give some introduction as to what it is uh, for people who are listening, and then I want to jump into our experience with it, because I think we have a lot of really cool stuff to share. But just for those, for anyone who doesn't know, Upward Bound is a federally funded program. Um, If anyone, I don't know, wants to look it up, it's been around since the 60s. Um, and mm-hmm. so I guess the, the act that it's part of is the Economic Opportunity Act. And mm-hmm. um, fundamentally, it is part of, or it was part of, was it uh, President Johnson's War on Poverty? Yes. And so the premise of this entire program is that education is one of the solutions for poverty uh, against one of the ways we can fight poverty and economic inequality mm-hmm. in our country. And yes. so, um, yeah, I don't, Carly, you have other thoughts on that?
1: Well, and from what I understand, it was originally part of the trio programs, which yes. was just three. It's since been expanded. There's a lot more than three now, but it's Upward bound was one of the original three, which is exciting.
0: Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So it's, you've got upward bound. So from the federal structure, upward bound, there's different types of upward bound. And then there's other programs. Um, actually Truman has a McNair program.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, They're which, all kind of in the same family.
0: Exactly. Mm-hmm. And, and the general purpose is to provide educational services uh, in the interest of closing the gap in economic inequality and, and giving people opportunities that would otherwise be missing out on them, um, specifically yes. educational opportunities. So Upward Bound is specifically targeted toward high school students
1: mm-hmm.
0: who are low-income, first-generation and so by low income, we mean that they live below 150% of the federal poverty line.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, so that's kind of the, the threshold there. And then first generation, meaning they want to go to college, but none, no one in their immediate family, namely their parents, has gone to college or completed um, a college degree. Right. So, exactly. so mm-hmm. we will get into this in the course of our conversation here, but there are significant unique challenges to individuals who fall into that kind of demographic in terms of, A, getting to college, and then, B, getting through college successfully, graduating from college. There are unique challenges that they face that those in a higher economic stratum um, and those who have kind of a community around them who's more familiar with college that don't experience that. Exactly. And Um, I think something
1: unique about Upward Bound as well is that it's not just it's not like, oh, I volunteer for this program and go once a week. It's like if you commit to Upward Bound, you are as a student going to be involved for at least two and a half years. Um, So it's a pretty big commitment. And it's also not completely volunteer based like Upward Bound does recruiting and Upward Bound tries to find the exact right candidates um, of students that fall into those categories. But not only that. Are highly motivated um, to complete a four-year degree um, because that's how the program continues to get funded on a five-year cycle. Um, So that gives the program, I think, a really great like feeling of urgency because um, the students that they choose to invest in, they are really going all in on. Like no one is falling through the cracks because every student is important and Honestly, every student matters for the program survival as well.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, so so generally, and and it's interesting. The upward bound that we worked at is one of, I want to say like a thousand upward bounds in the country. So yeah, definitely
1: that, hundreds at least. Okay, yeah,
0: I might have overstated it, and I should have my numbers here with me. But um, <laughs> there's there, but there are a lot of them, um, mm-hmm. and some of them. You know, meet once a week. Some of them are housed in a high school. The Upward Bound in our area is in a university. There's a lot of different Mm -hmm. ways that Upward Bound can manifest, I guess, in different areas. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, the one that we worked at is relatively intense, I want to say, because Mm -hmm. they um, look for sophomores in their spring semester. Are, mm-hmm. or going into the spring semester. They bring in sophomores who, in, at the beginning of the spring semester, and then in order to complete the program, those sophomores are in upward bound through the rest of their uh, high school careers. Um, and if I'm doing my math mm-hmm. right, that's like five semesters, and then two summers where that are mm-hmm. mandatory. And the, the summer programs that the Kirksville program does um, are six weeks. So it's no... Mm-hmm light commitment. Um, if a student, of high school student wants to get involved with upward bound, it's not just a small thing they do on the side. It's something that they're really investing their time to be in the program, but it's all in the service of getting them to college and them succeeding in a way that they might not be able to without the program's help. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, so what was really cool is that we had the opportunity to work for them as undergrad students, um, during yes. the school year, upward bound provides tutoring and weekly meetings to students in different high schools in the area. So, so our Upward mm-hmm. bound serves our County and, and the six surrounding counties that touch our County. So in terms of driving, mm-hmm. it's like an hour radius, um, if yep. not a little further, um, an hour yep. drives radius. <laughs> if you're the Moberly really
1: group, yes. Yep.
0: Yes, the the Moberly Group has the longest drive, and so uh, the students that are the high school students that are in Upward Bound are going to weekly meetings, and the meetings are two two and a half hours, if I'm remembering correctly, um, where they receive tutoring. Uh, We talk about social skills, we talk about uh, career exploration and scholarship uh, exploration, and writing, and all the college things and all the life things um, that go into that. And then on top of that, they take actual courses in the summer for the summer program. They move on to Truman's campus and live there on the weekdays. So they're getting a Mm -hmm. simulated college experience. Um, they get to go home Mm -hmm. on the weekend. So we don't completely take them from their families, um, (laughs) for six weeks out of the summer. Uh, we get, they get weekends off, but, um, I mean that notwithstanding, that's, it's still a pretty, uh, big time commitment, but the, the payoff is tremendous. Um, and I would even argue the payoff is incalculable because it's hard to, Mm -hmm. it's hard to put a number on the, the personal growth, the social growth, um, the educational growth, all of the things that Mm -hmm. you and I Carly have seen students grow in and, and the way that these students really get to shine and come into something Mm -hmm. that, that, uh, I think was latent inside of them. Um, I don't know if that's the right word, but you know, like it it was there, they had potential and it's being unleashed. (laughs) Um,
1: yes, exactly. They, all these students have awesome capacity and potential and just needed some doors opened. Um, and that's what Upward Bound is there for.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, so what are some things that you got to do at Upward Bound, Carly? What, what are some jobs you did for them and some opportunities that you, that you were able to do?
1: Yes. So I would say that the most intense part of Upper Bound is the summer. That's it's so fun. Um, And that's how I started. So I kind of dove into the deep end metaphorically um, and stayed on after the summer to be involved in the academic year stuff, which is a lot tamer and still really great. Um, But I was really glad I started in the summer because it just it really threw you in. Um, And I lived on campus with the students. Um, And so it was just, I think incalculable is the right word. A lot of these students are not, have never been affiliated with or gone to or have any associations with a university. Um, And so just the sheer fact that they're there and living there um, and eating there and attending classes there, even though they're not true college courses, um, I think kind of shows them that they can do it. And then they can start to imagine themselves as college students. Um, and so that was my first experience. And it is not just classes. Like, we are trying to expose them to a whole realm of culturally diverse experiences that they may not have experienced in their small town. Um so offering them the opportunity to join exercise classes and cooking opportunities and um, getting to go on little excursions. Maybe it's a hike or something like that. Um, and of course, everything is in anticipation of the big trip at the end of the summer um, in which we get to do super fun things around the state of Missouri. Um along with a bunch of other visits to different colleges. So Upper Bound is really good about packing it all into one. Like it's really, really fun. And I think a lot of the students, um, the things they remember are like the talent show um, and the, the evening activities and the van rides. But at the same time, they're getting this invaluable academic experience that's just woven into all of it. Um, so super all encompassing. Um, that's kind of actually how Daniel and I met, um, working that same job together over the summer. So,
0: yeah, yeah. The summer program is very intense, but it is so much fun and it's, it's, uh, Memorable, to say the least, um, in the best way yes. possible, and and it's it's funny when you, when we get our contract. So we were mentors. We are called residential mm-hmm. mentors, and so mm-hmm. our job there is to basically be college role models for these students. Mm-hmm. And so when we did this in 2018, there were oh gosh, I'm trying to remember how many students there were um, that summer, uh, 60, 70, yeah, or- 60
1: to 70 is usually the amount in the program at any given time.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So there were, uh, six, seven, eight of us mentors. And then we had a mentor group. So we had a few students that we were specifically assigned to kind of keep an eye on and check in with and have meetings with, but, but we were interacting with any and all of them, um, throughout the mm-hmm. day. And it's just funny that when we get our job description and our contract, it's like, we are on the clock from like 10.30 in the morning to 11.30 at night. (laughs) And so- Yes, and if you're um, on
1: breakfast duty, it starts even earlier. (laughs) Exactly,
0: if you're on breakfast duty, you get to wake up uh, at 6.30 or whatever and monitor the students as they're eating breakfast in the dorm because they have classes at 8 a.m. They have classes from 8 to 12 um, on the weekdays. And so uh, it is intense for us, um, but immensely rewarding. We get to build relationships with them, um, get to have one-on-one conversations about- um, what their career goals are, what they want to do with, with, with their lives after they get out of high school, what college they want to go to, our college experiences, um, mm-hmm. and even personal stuff. Maybe they have family things that are going on that they're trying to navigate. We get to talk mm-hmm. to them about those things. Um, maybe it's relationship yep. stuff that they're trying to figure out. Um, we we just get to be involved in such a fulfilling way, um, which is really cool. So, um, And that's just yes. the summer. So.
1: Yes, so... Perfect jumping off point then. So I think the summer like creates this really cool environment where everyone gets really close and it makes the program feel as one. And then during the academic year that can kind of carry out. Um, because during the academic year, a lot of the students who become really great friends over the summer don't actually get to see each other very often. Um, at that point, During the academic year, they're split into centers, Mm -hmm. which is pretty much, it's usually just one or two high schools that have been grouped together by location, and that's how the meetings are done once a week. Um, And in that case, um, we, I mean, there's multiple different jobs there, um, but if you were someone that was leading the meetings, like I was at two, two academic years, I did that. Um, it was kind of like what you said earlier. These are once a week meetings, two hours or so after school. And in that case, it's a lot more of, okay, you are in school. We're going to help you with your classes. And when we have time, we're going to do extra enriching activities where, you know, if you are a senior, we are helping you apply to colleges. Um, So the thing I love the most about Upward Bound is it is so rooted in reality. Like, Hmm we are not just talking about these things. We are literally getting in the weeds with them and doing college applications and studying for the ACT. And um, that was always really rewarding to me because we just got to do it with them. I like. I remember I had, I had an experience once with a senior who was really dragging his feet and we literally together applied for like four colleges in one sitting. And I'm like, you know, that really did make a difference. It wasn't just giving some seminar about how to do it. Like we're sitting down, we have one-on-one time and we got it done. Um, So, and that happens all throughout the academic year. There's still fun things. I mean, the students love the snack break. Um, But then (laughs) we get new students in the spring and then everyone gets to come together again in the summer. And it's so cool to see how everyone's grown to see kids from different centers, making friends with one another. Um, it's just an all around great time.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You mentioned, um, really getting in the weeds with them and working on, on them with very nitty gritty things. Um, I'd like to segue into why that's necessary and maybe some of the talk about some of the specific challenges that, um, stand in front of students that come from a lower income, first generation, um, background. Um, because the idea here is that, I mean, this is a federally funded program and it's, it's, it's geared toward, um, an economic goal in, in a lot of ways. Um, the, the thing that people, I guess we realized over time is that, you know, if you have low income situations that that's just not, that's not just an economic problem. If you have someone mm-hmm. who is near the poverty line or living in that uh, type of situation, and then moreover in a rural area, so there's there's a, an isolation aspect of we're not near any major metropolitan areas, and so access to certain resources and experiences is also uh, diminished for, for the people in this area. Um, mm-hmm. There's more than just paying for college that stands in front of them. It's not just a money problem. Yeah. I would even
1: venture to say that the money problem is pretty low (laughs) in terms of the priorities. Um, Exactly. Yeah.
0: Yeah, And so, so the idea is, and you know, I don't, I don't, I'm not a historian. I can't necessarily prove this all right now off the top of my head, but, but we know in general that if you just give money philanthropically that doesn't solve the problems. If you just if you just gave people thousands of dollars and said, "If you want to go to college, go to college," that'll be great. Um, and I want you know I would even venture to say that's probably been tried at a federal level, um, just with with trying to address economic inequality. Um, that never works. Just giving people money doesn't close the gap in achievement. It doesn't um, bring people to um, a, ha- a higher economic uh, stratum. Um, there's other things that go into it besides, um, just the financial aspect of it. Um, and so I have some, I have some notes here of just some things I wrote down that I'd like to kind of talk about. So some of the things, um, that are part of what upward bound is addressing is maybe some of the social and cultural things that go with being in a family and in a community where higher education is, is maybe not necessarily a priority or just isn't, part of a lot of people's lives in that area. And so um, I guess one thing I'll mention is that um, in our staff training, the director of our upper ground, uh, Sarah Haas, uh, highlighted that 13% of individuals in our county have a college degree or higher, 13%, which is quite the minority of people. So, So the odds of just any random person, even knowing someone who has a college degree or even being in a capacity to Kind of glean experience from them um is relatively low um Mm -hmm. and so and so then you know if you have an economic challenge maybe you're living near the poverty line um a lot of these kids need to work and their families are are relatively blue-collar they are Mm -hmm. uh, doing a lot of manual labor trades and things like that which is great and and i'm not trying to say that that is a bad thing um but if you are the type of kid who doesn't want to do that, who wants to go to college, you find yourself in a community and a culture that maybe doesn't have experience with that. And maybe doesn't, maybe doesn't even see the value in that. Why would you go to mm-hmm. college and why would you do upward bound when you could be working? You could be working mm-hmm. fast food or babysitting or mowing and making money right now in high school and now you're not going to make money when our family is already struggling to make ends meet. Um, mm-hmm. So and so we have we we know of students that have dropped the program because of that. Their families or their communities were like, "I'm we're really sorry. We want the best for our kids, but they need to work, and you know, mm-hmm. uh, upward bound is just not a possibility for them." And that and again, that's not to say. Um, that not being an upper, you know, upper bound is the only way you can get to college and be successful. But it makes a big difference. Um, yeah,
1: mm-hmm. yeah. I and, would, I would even say that like any kid could could find value in just getting um, exposed to more viable post high school options. Hmm. Um, like, I'm I'm someone that grew up just knowing, oh, I'm going to go to college and I'll probably even get a graduate degree because that's what my parents did, hmm. um, and that's what I knew. I, on the other hand, did not understand that there was other option. I didn't know anything about trade school. I would have never considered like so many different options. Um, and so I think that what upward, the gap Upward Bound is filling is it's just providing another route um, and showing you, you might not have seen this in your family or in your community, and that's okay, but it might mean um, that you wouldn't have even known it was a, you had a chance to do something like that. So we're going to show you that you do. And you have the abilities to do that and we can help you get there. Um, So I think upper bound does do a pretty good job of writing the line between like, of course we value your family and the hard work that they've done and the community that they're from. Um, but here are other, here are other viable post high school things that you may not have been exposed to before.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I, fundamentally we are presenting opportunity. Um, Upward bound mm-hmm. is not interested in trying to force all high. We don't have a goal of trying to get every high school student to go to college. Um, you know, I, yeah. I personally believe that college is not for everyone. You should not go to college mm-hmm. just to go to college. I think that's totally silly. Um, mm-hmm. th- and this goes is, back to what
1: I was yeah saying before about upper bound tries really hard to find those niche students that fit all of the categories, but also are highly, highly motivated and already usually succeeding in school. Um, like, Upper bound tends to attract a lot of nerds, which I personally appreciate. Yeah, Um, and it's like it's a place where these kids can explore that side of their personality without being punished for it. Yeah, Um, and so that's that's another chance. And I honestly, I think that does a really good job of simulating a lot of college environments. At least the one at Truman. I shouldn't speak for all colleges, but. getting to be in that kind of community where, Oh, we're, we're in the robotics club for upward bound. And every single day we get to go to the Kirksville. um, Like they got to go to Kirksville high school and do robotics. Like they never could do that at their own high school. And now they're with people that are finding it exciting and yeah, it's awesome.
0: Yeah. It's cool because Upward Bound is able to connect them to resources that they wouldn't necessarily be connected to prior. Um, One thing that stood out to me as we were talking in our staff training this summer is remembering, well, and just realizing that in this area, in Northeast Missouri, um, it is really hard for schools to offer competitive salaries for teachers. Um, and I mm-hmm. think this is something we talked in the last episode when we talked to Carly about how, um, when you have a low income tax base, relatively low income tax base, the schools, um, reflect that because they are primarily funded through local, not federal or state, local property taxes. And so if you have a school that can't afford to attract great teachers, um, then, you have to make do with what you have. And and the way that I see this affect me in most directly is that there are very few chemistry teachers in this area. In an hour radius from where I sit right now, there are not that many. And there are some high schools that literally don't have a chemistry teacher. Oh, I don't know if you heard that thunder. There's a big storm outside of us <laughs> right now. Um, <laughs> lots of lightning and thunder. But anyway, uh, there, there are some high schools, entire high schools that do not have a chemistry teacher. Um, That's crazy to me. (laughs) And so, yeah. And I mean, when I think of high school chemistry is like one of the standard courses that is offered, maybe it's not required for all students, but it's at least offered. Um, And Mm -hmm. then if, and then if a school, so you have schools that don't have a chemistry teacher. So now we're asking biology teachers to teach chemistry, which is totally doable. And, you know, if you have a biology degree, you know, some chemistry, but I'm just thinking of it in reverse. I'm a chemistry teacher. I have a chemistry degree. If I was asked to teach biology, um, I'm sorry, you're getting the bare minimum for me. I don't know anything. I I know barely anything (laughs) about biology. I'm sorry. I'm not trained in that. I'm, I don't have that Mm -hmm. expertise. And so if I'm Mm -hmm. in a situation where I'm now supposed to train these kids in something I barely know, Mm um, man, that, that puts those kids at a disadvantage versus having a teacher, um, who's highly trained in that content area. Um, Mm -hmm. and then you even have, and then, so there's that maybe teachers are kind of being misplaced because they have to fill gaps. Um, and then I was just, I was just informed also this summer that a lot, some of these high schools just don't offer chemistry at all. And so if Mm -hmm. you are a high school student who is interested in the sciences or maybe wants to go pursue that as a career or explore that, um, in college, that's an opportunity that, is not necessarily available at no fault of your own. It's just because of mm-hmm. the environment you find yourself in. Um, yep. that's not there. And then, you know, part of the whole point of education, or part of the point of education is to expose you to possibilities that you had not even considered. Um, yep. and so,
1: well, the scary thing you know, to me is like, you know, you said maybe there's a kid out there who wants, to maybe explore that. And they can't, Yeah. the scary thing to me is they don't even know they want to explore that because it's never been there. And so it's just, and it's just a non-issue. It's just blank. Um, and yeah, that's, that's definitely a chilling thought.
0: Yeah, exactly. And so it's just so cool how upward bound with how they're positioned are able to pull from teachers around the area and then connect students maybe with other high schools over the summer that do have those resources and do have those opportunities like you mentioned robotics at Kirksville um Mm -hmm. I don't I hope other high schools in this area have a robotics program but I don't know if they do and if they don't Mm -hmm. like how amazing is it that the the students in Upward Bound get to experience that um when they otherwise wouldn't. Um, and so mm-hmm. it's, it's just very cool how, how Upward Bound is providing those opportunities and, and exposing these students to, to things that they maybe not uh, haven't, haven't experienced as well. Yes. Um, I also know, yeah, I mean, I, if I can just kind of keep ranting along these lines. Um, <laughs> um, even, I'll, I'll even say that students uh, moving away, quote, quote, unquote, moving away from home and living in the dorms over the summer Um, it's a six week program. They live in the dorms Monday through Friday. They go home Saturday and Sunday. And just the fact of living in a dorm room with a roommate that you haven't met. I mean, obviously it's another person at Upward Bound. So like it's vetted, but they don't, you know, they don't know each other. I I'm in a new environment. I have to figure out how to get along with this person that I don't know. And I have to kind of survive and comport myself in a way where I can function without my normal environment. And I don't know, mm-hmm. I don't, I, you know, I've had the opportunity to travel and go to different places and I'm relatively comfortable with being away from home or being away with, from my hometown. But if you come from a family that doesn't have that experience, Carly, you and I have, have worked with students where that was borderline traumatizing.
1: First time, Yep. That was our first time away from home. And I mean, it's, that actually is like the most heartbreaking thing for me to remember from Upward Bound. Sorry, my cat's meowing in the background. (laughs) Um, uh, Was I had both summers that I worked, I had a student in my mentor group who um, left the program in the first week just from homesickness. And I understood, I mean, I, I watched them, you know, really like fighting um, but it was, it was just a little bit too much and too overwhelming for them all at one moment. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't know, I could sympathize with them. It was, it was hard to see them go because I knew that they were going to miss out on this awesome summer. Um, but I mean, they were in a really, really hard position. I mean, those kids have to be resilient, um, to come to a new place and, and have that college experience of I'm going to live in a dorm with someone I don't know, you know, when they're just finished their sophomore year of high school. (laughs) So it's very character building for sure.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And then you've, you kind of already mentioned this earlier. We go on a cultural trip is what is Mm -hmm. what the the trip is called at the end of the summer, where we get Mm -hmm. on a bus and we drive three, six hours uh, across Mm -hmm. the state. And we spend nights in hotels and we go to theater performances and we visit colleges and we go to a mall and we do all these things that a decent number of these, not all of them, but a decent number of the kids have never done before. Never stayed in a hotel, Mm -hmm. never been to a mall, never been to a quote unquote big city of, you know, Kansas city Mm -hmm. or St. Louis or Springfield or Columbia, Jefferson city, things like that. Mm -hmm. And so by being in this program, these students are being exposed to this amazing world of possibilities that they hadn't seen before. And, and mm-hmm. so many of them just come alive and they enjoy it. And, uh, it's just so fun for them to be able to explore and learn and ask questions and, and see, see different things. And, and all of the stuff that goes with that is is just so critical. Mm-hmm. There's so, again, like I was saying before, there's so much more to college than just paying your way into it. You, there's, yes. you have to serve, you have to be able to, navigate the social aspects of college and being on your own and managing money. And now I have to talk to professors who are not just the high school teacher that is part of my tiny town. It's like Mm -hmm. this professor that I need to be able to go to office hours to, and I need to know how to email them and things like that. And, you know, and, you know, some of these students, there's, there's a relatively lower rate of Wi-Fi access in this area. And so Mm -hmm. using Blackboard or Google classroom and things like that, is also there's, there's all, it's like a million micro skills and micro things that need to be learned, um, to, mm-hmm. to really set these kids up for success in, in their goal of getting mm-hmm. a college degree. And it's, yep. it's, it's amazing how upward bound gets into the nitty gritty, like you were saying. And so, yeah. you know, well, sometimes, I yeah, this sometimes. might be
1: a good time to also just talk about, um, the interesting, that relationship that upper bound gets to foster with the parents of these students. Hmm. Um, I think that another one of these skills, that's really hard to like pin down or define what it even is. Um, but what, what's coming to mind is when students have to apply for the FAFSA. And this is yeah. an area where it's really cool. The upper upper bound offers an opportunity for the parents to come learn about it. And, um, for, cause that's something that they're going to have to sit down with their child and do, um, sometimes outside of upward bound most of the time. Right. Um, that's another one of those things where, you know, if like, my parents, I think probably did the FAFSA application for me and I wasn't even aware of it. Right. <laughs> and so yeah. there's, there's that gap to fill too. And I just think it's really cool how upward bound approaches that. Um, and provides like educational opportunities for parents to know what the heck's going on. And um, like opening their eyes to like, okay, here's what we are. Um, I think a lot of the, I I remember um, Sarah telling us before we started our first summer that there's going to be some parents that are pretty hesitant about dropping their kids off for the summer at this place. Of course. Um, Like they don't have experience with, this college and they, they really don't know what their kid's getting into and they know it's good for them, but it's still kind of a leap. Um, so I think there's a lot, um, the upper bound does with that as well. Um, educational stuff, FAFSA application things, um, that really valuable.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I know like if, kind of going back to what we also said, like if you were to just take a bunch of high school kids, like take a hundred high school kids, put them in a room and put up a PowerPoint and go, all right, here's the FAFSA. Here's what it's about. This is what you need to do. Tax information, income, you know, uh, I don't know. Social Maybe care.
1: one student would do it.
0: <laughs> yeah. How many high school students, and I'm not talking about like those that are eligible for upward bound, just any high school student, any high school any. student, yeah. you're 18 and younger. Here's here's this document that you have to go online, you have to put in tax information, income information, family information, address, da, da, da. you have to do all this stuff and it needs to be done by this date and this like is is going to help you pay for college and you need to make sure like all these no high school student, oh, I won't say no, very few high school students. Very few. <laughs> very few can walk away from that very impersonal kind of presentation and go, ah, yes, I totally understand what's happening here. Um, All of my questions are answered and I can now go do this thing. Like, no, that Mm -hmm. is, no, that's not how that works. And then moreover, take a a student who has zero family members who have ever done it before. Um, That's Mm -hmm. just all the more um, unrealistic to expect that that's going to help. So you cannot yeah. you cannot provide these services in mass in a mass produced sort of way. You have to sit down with the with with the student um, and go, okay, let's talk about your specific situation. Let's give you the individual attention that you need, and then let's figure out how we can help you as an individual. Um, yes, and, and and that's what Upper Bound is doing during the academic year when we meet with the kids once a week for our weekly meetings. That mm-hmm. is that is just some of what we are going over, but it's, it's, it's so good how individualized it is and personal it is because it has to be, otherwise it just doesn't succeed. It won't work.
1: Yeah, I agree. It has to be like this student's particular situation and their specific fast food job that they're working. Like we are going to work with them on how they can make it to meetings and make it to the summer program. And like, even to, I remember talking to students about how to interact professionally with their boss at work so they could come to an Upward Bound event. Yeah. Um, so you're, you're exactly right. I like what you said about it not being mass produced, because if it was dispersed in that manner, it would be not nearly as effective. Um, and I'm not sure that... I'm just not sure that it would actually result like bear any fruit um, in the way that upper bound does and is able to prove they have done um, because of what it takes to keep the program going and keep getting their grant renewed.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, One thing I'd also like to talk about um, unless Carly, you have more along those lines. I'd also like one thing that is also just what makes upper bound special for me personally is how it has, Helped me as a professional. It has professionally affected me in a very significant way just for working for them. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I'm not in the program as a participant, but I've still been affected by it just in working in it. Um, and so I'd, I'd be curious to get your thoughts on that, but I can kind of just lead off in, in one of the big ways is that I started working for Upward Bound in the spring semester of 2017. Um, and I, I was, I did, uh, like the tutoring and stuff during the academic year that summer, I worked in the office. I did a lot of back end stuff of filing and organizing and things like that, which is good to know that, oh my gosh, there are so many files and papers and transcripts and grades and things that need to be mailed out that goes into an educational program, like holy cow. <laughs> um, but then, and then the next summer we were mentors and then, The summer after that was the summer before I started my internship, a.k.a. Mm -hmm. my first year of teaching. And so the summer, I'm pretty sure 2019, I had already been a mentor. And so kind of the other thing I can do, uh, especially because I was about to start teaching full-time that fall, is I taught classes for the summer program in Upward Bound. And mm-hmm. I taught four hours. I taught two hours of math and two hours of Spanish. Um, and and so what I was able to do was kind of get a jump start on figuring out how to be a teacher before I was thrown into a full, full-on new job, public school, full-time teaching gig. It was like, okay, part-time thing where I could learn mm-hmm. and grow in an environment that was safe um, to learn and grow. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and so what was super cool about that is I, as, as a kid, I mean, I'm, I have zero years of teaching experience. I mean, like I've been, I've done tutoring. I've worked with kids. Like I have some educational experience barely, but nothing that's like professional teaching. But then in this summer program, I had to put together a six week curriculum and I didn't do it from scratch necessarily. I had some previous year stuff to work from, but like, I. How do you teach geometry when you never taught geometry before? I've never taught algebra before. I've never taught Spanish before. I know all of these subjects, but I've never taught them. I have to figure Mm -hmm. that out. I have to put together a curriculum. I have to figure out lesson plans. Um, I have to make homework assignments. I have to figure out what am I going to do in a 50-minute class period besides stand at the board and just talk for 50 minutes because we all know that that is one of the worst ways to teach is <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> just standing and talking. So like, what activities are we going to do? And it, it pushed me into this place of having to work on those skills that now I do all the time. And obviously I'm still working on that. I'm not a perfect teacher yet, but one day I'll get there. Um, <laughs> but like it, it gave me a jump start on figuring that out in a part-time capacity before I was able before I went into full time teaching that fall. And then, and so, like, I found this thing online called 360, ma- 360 degree math. And it's this strategy where um, you get the kids to go up to the board on the room and they're working on practice problems, and the teachers in the middle and the kids are 360 degrees around the room working and helping each other. And, like, it's this teaching strategy that I found before the summer. And I went to Sarah, the director, and I said, Hey, I found this thing. I want to try this. Can I do it? And she goes, yeah, that sounds great. Try this new thing. Try a new teaching technique that you've never tried and learn from it. So it it was just Mm -hmm. amazing how I was able to operate in an environment where I was trusted as a teacher, even though I had zero years of experience. Um, Mm -hmm. I was given room to explore and try new things. um, And I grew from it. And, And it was just so amazing to have that opportunity. And it was a small class. You know, it's it's eight yeah. kids. It's four kids. It's not 30 and, kids.
1: Yeah, other great thing that I'm, it's just occurring to me now, this, this doesn't calculate into their high school GPA. Like there's also a lot of freedom in the students from the students perspective, just to get to explore in their learning because there's not so much pressure. And of course, a lot of the kids put pressure on themselves anyway. Yeah. Um, but there's, there might be a grade or whatever, but it's, it's not going to follow them in any significant way. Um, and so it's also just this really cool little bubble where, um, yeah, like you said, like small class, I'm not being, you know, this is not going to immediately impact my GPA. Um, it's on a shorter time scale too. Like it's, it's this manageable six week thing that I can from beginning to end, actually remember what we did and know that I got better at something. I learned something. Um, yeah, really cool.
0: Yeah, for sure. And then you know, just to add on top of that, um, I finally get to teach chemistry now, so (laughs) I get to Mm -hmm. teach my, my core subjects. So I'm teaching chemistry this summer, but then here's, what's even cooler than that is last summer, um, they were looking for additional elective options, um, to be taught in the summer. And they reached out to me and said, Hey, you're teaching for us this summer. Do you have any ideas for an elective that you could teach or that you would like to teach? And what I basically said was, uh, I don't have anything with me, but I have this topic that I'm really interested in personally, and I would really like to eventually teach this elective in the public school once I can maybe build up a semester-long curriculum, but I've never done this. I'd like to create this class um, and try it this summer. Would that be okay? And they, they went with it. And, and awesome. the topic of all things is drugs. <laughs> like. <laughs> And, mm-hmm. and so what we talk about is we talk about what is addiction and how do drugs affect you physically and how do they, how does it play out in the legal system and what's the history here and how do we deal with that? And, and kind of a side, I guess the backstory to that is, you know, I currently, uh, help lead an addiction recovery program in Kirksville right now. And so mm-hmm. this is something that I'm, I'm passionate about. Um, and interested in, and in just learning about it, it kind of ties into the chemistry thing. You know, the classic, like, Oh, yeah. you teach chemistry. So you're going to teach me how to I, every year, first day of school, Mr. Floyd, you're going to teach us how to make meth, right? Like that's what we do in chemistry. And I'm like, Haha, funny, sit down and uh, do your worksheet. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it, it's, it's kind of a interdisciplinary topic where I can have discussions with high schoolers about decisions that they make in their life and something that's around them. I mean, Drugs is one of those things that is all over the place, is a massive industry, if you look at it from an economic standpoint, Mm -hmm. affects thousands and thousands of people, if not millions in the country. And yet there's very little education on it and very little is talked about Um, in an educational setting, maybe in the home life, um, things like that. And so it's, it's, it's the classic thing of like, it's a big elephant in the room in our culture, Mm -hmm. but no one's talking about it. And as an educator, I want to be on the forefront of having conversations with, with young people, with students that are meaningful and really get to the the heart of, of something that's important um, and help facilitate those conversations. Um, Yeah.
1: I love that in, in, in that case, in the case of that class, um, it's something that often is done like, oh, we're going to have an awareness week or we're going to do one program or there's going to be one speaker. Um, but if you're going to really like, once again, make some kind of effectual change, I think the formatting it as a class is really smart um, because there's only so much that one inspirational talk can do. Um, but giving students control over some of their own like learning about it from all these different pers- perspectives, the scientific, the economic, all of these things. Um, I think that's really cool. I did not know that you did that. Oh, so I'm I, wow. I thought that.
0: I had, I thought I had told you. No. Yeah. I, <laughs> so this summer right now, I'm teaching it right now. Uh, this summer is the second year of doing it. And it's, it's just so cool because this comes up in the classroom in the school year all the time. Like kids are going to be like, Mr. Oh, Floyd, yeah. tell me about this drug. Like, what do you know about this? Like they're genuinely curious and who wouldn't be? I mean, they're human beings mm-hmm. for cried out loud. Um, and you know that there are only so many relationships away from someone who has experience with drugs or know someone who's had experience with drugs. Like this is just such a real thing. And I'm, Mm -hmm. I'm not in, in education to tell people what to believe per se, or tell them what to do. I want to show them and facilitate conversations where we talk about things and we learn how to think in terms of nuance and instead mm-hmm. of everything is black and white you know like the you know the just say no program like that
1: mm-hmm.
0: is almost objectively uh an ineffective way to address any kind of thing it it just yeah. doesn't work um mm-hmm. and i think part of that is because there's no education and no conversation you have to have an, a conversation yeah. about things you have to get into the mm-hmm. nitty gritty you have to be like okay well you know, why are some people for this? And why are some people against this? And like, what are the different perspectives and what are the different experiences that are into? It? There's so much to talk about, um,
1: mm-hmm.
0: that has to be done in a long form platform. And by long form, I mean a whole class, like you said, it's, it's not yes. just like, we're going to bring the kids in for a one hour seminar on drugs. Like, yeah, you're not gonna, you're not going to be able to open up and have a conversation about that. And so yeah. and so, my point in bringing that up was that the Upward Bound I work at was like, yes, we will let you explore this topic and teach it and learn as you go. And we trust you to make this um, a valuable class for the students at this program. And yeah. the students love it. I love teaching it. Um, a mm-hmm. comment that was made last year was one kid was like, this is what health class wishes it could be, you know, like, cause we're, <laughs> we're learning stuff. We're talking about this in a very real way. And it's also cool because by even having these conversations with the students, I'm treating them like adults. Mm-hmm. I'm treating them like they can have real conversations about things and it's setting them up for having real conversations in the future.
1: Oh Yeah. Um,
0: you know, another huge part of education, just as a whole, is to prepare students to be democratic citizens. And part mm-hmm. of democracy is being able to have public discourse on any issue, and mm-hmm. in or- and just a huge part of having um, something, uh, having a effective conversation is being having education on it. And so, th- yeah. this is just one tiny example of many how education. Can be such a powerful mm-hmm. tool in preparing anyone. Uh, it just happens to be an mm-hmm. upward bound now, but I want I want to teach this class at my public school for everyone because
1: that's awesome. I
0: want to I every kid's
1: going <laughs> to want to take it as they're elected. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They we support. might have to
0: kind of like screen who can who can take it when and things like that. But like, yeah, like the root of this is like I want to have real conversations. And I want mm-hmm. to let these students practice having real conversations that can be tough, that can be personal, that could be emotional, that could be political, that, you know, all of that. Um, mm-hmm. and, and what I'm trying to say in all this is that Upward Bound has provided an opportunity to catalyze that development in me as an educator. As an educator, mm-hmm. I am growing from being an Upward Bound yes. because they trust me, because they let me take risks. They let me experiment mm-hmm. and try to work with new things that I haven't done before. And it's just, it's, it's amazing. I'm, I'm so grateful yeah. that I have that opportunity as an educator in the program.
1: Yeah. Well, similarly, so I feel like, you know, what I gained from Upward Bound, what I learned, um, especially looking back now, I mentioned this before, but I grew up in a, in a family where I was just, I was expected. Yeah. She's probably going to get a master's degree. No big deal. Um, yeah. and so working at Upper Bound just was, like so important for my just development as a human. Um, I think that the leadership at Upper Bound does a really good job of not just throwing you in there and being like, this is going to be like working with any other kid. Um, We read a textbook about understanding poverty. We read um, memoirs and we truly prepare for the population that we're going to be working with. And what it did for me was after I left Upper Bound, and was in the classroom and was just in my life. I was able to recognize the challenges that are facing people that come from, that you know went to college as a first generation student. Um, I felt like I could, you know, understand where they were coming from so much more than I could before having worked for Upward Bound, um, and especially in the classroom, like you know who those kids are, and now you can better serve them. Um, even if they're not in an area that's served by an upward bound program. And so, yeah, I think that was my, what I, like my biggest gain personally, um, from the program just getting to form relationships with kids that as a high school student myself, I probably never would have crossed paths with. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're just these amazing, amazing young people. Um, and I was just, I was just like, honored to get to know a lot of them Um, and just so impressed by what a lot of them do on the day-to-day basis, like how much they're working and also excelling in school and trying to do extracurricular activities. Like I did not work in high school at all. Um, And so yeah, yeah, the, the pressure is on these kids' times and well, a lot of the kids are almost full-time caregivers for younger siblings when they're at home and just seeing how they were more mature than me as a high schooler, schooler in a lot of ways. Um, and less so in other ways. And it was all, I don't know, it all just kind of like was becoming a little bit clearer to me. Um, and I felt like I wish I had had that experience a lot sooner.
0: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It's, yeah, it's amazing. Um, uh, another thing that I think is amazing that really stood out to me, I think, I think this was the summer that you and I were mentors in 2018, um, is when, uh, I wish I could remember her name, the, uh, it was Lindsay someone who studied theater and gave yeah. a presentation at our training about how theater games can serve to build community. And yep the, I remember yeah the, the bigger picture there was that community is an extremely important part of really any environment whether it's a work environment or a learning environment and of course they defined what they mean by community but I think in short the idea is that if we're gonna be together we need to know why we're here what values are we um, aligning our, and, you know po- uh, positioning ourselves around in order to be here? the creed, (laughs) the creed. Yes. The upward bound creed, which I should be able to recite off the top of my head, but it's like an entire paragraph. And so I don't necessarily know it. Um,
1: but like just the fact that there is a creed and that it does get said is so indicative of what upper bound is doing right. Like, okay, we know why we're here. Um, we know what the goal is. And the goal is so clear from the moment that you enter as a sophomore in high school and like your eyes are on the prize and here are the steps that we're going to take to get there. Like when these students enter their senior year, they're giving, they're given this sheet that outlines what they should do every single month as they lead up to getting a college acceptance letter. And I have them like memorized by the time that I had worked at a center with a lot of seniors. And like, that's just such a cool resource. Um, And we were, we were just going to make it to the end of those goals. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. I I really, I really believe that Upward Bound, our Upward Bound, I can't, I mean, I can't speak to all the programs because they're different. They're structured differently and run by different people. But the Upward Bound in Kirksville that we've worked in is really a model of what working, uh, educational working conditions could and should be. Um, Mm -hmm. I just remember when we were mentors, they took time in the training. Like we had to show up what was it? Five days before the the program started to do all mm-hmm. of our training, mm-hmm. um, and they took time just for us to spend time together and get to know each other as mentors. Yep. In with the intention of us building community, building relationships, building trust and rapport with each other.
1: Yeah, and you know what else they did? They took us to eat in some of these rural towns that our students are from mm-hmm. to expose us. a lot of us came from bigger cities like this is where your students gather to have dinner yeah and this is it's it's, and i i was culturally shocked (laughs) the first place that they took us to eat dinner i i don't remember where it was um but it was eye-opening and like like i said i think they definitely the training that we do and like the readings that we do and the conversations that they facilitate between just us mentors before even the, before the students even arrive. Um, like I can only imagine how cool that would be if a whole high school staff was able to do something like that.
0: Dude, that high school would change the world. I'm telling you, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because the teachers would be so empowered and so freed to really do mm-hmm. what a teacher should be able to do in terms of, uh, being a leader and reaching out to students and having energy and having trust and taking risks and trying new things like, and being creative, the
1: trust, thing, the trust thing is huge. Well, yeah. Like since we're living with the students there, there is a, there's a little bit of like, Oh, trying to pit mentor against mentor. And, um, you know, they're, they're high school students. They do like to gossip <laughs> and there's a, because of the training that the mentors do together, it's very clear that like we support each other. Um, and we can rely on each other, trust each other um, to fill in if something comes up or to back each other up if a student's talking about you behind your back or whatever it is. And that kind of thing It was not at least my experience necessarily working in a public school. I felt like I was kind of an island mm-hmm. and I knew some of the teachers in my hallway, but – definitely not the ones across the building and I definitely wasn't having like these really cool bonding experiences where I was getting fired up for the students to come in like that was like the farthest thing from the truth
0: <laughs> yeah and it's just amazing that they like in the training in our time they said like okay these two hours are for you guys to hang out and and spend time mm-hmm. together I mean we did the cliche thing like they took us to an obstacle course and we had to work together to get through the ROT tc obstacle course but like oh, it was so fun though <laughs> I, I feel like i don't know and you and i that was kind of more our thing uh maybe yes i felt like we grew as a team doing the obstacle oh, course yeah.
1: it worked it, it worked it totally did yeah definitely biased here because i love that kind of thing yeah um but there's something for everyone
0: yeah and there was and 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 that's the other thing is that um i don't know if you're familiar with clifton strengths um, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. We are. Everyone in the program is going through that this summer. So the kids are doing it, oh. and the teachers are doing it. Ugh. And and that's just another cool thing that the administration at Upward Bound uh, values. So Sarah Hass, Erica Stirrup, and Donna foodie. I got to say all their names because they're amazing women who run this they program. Are.
1: Oh my gosh! Um,
0: yeah, phenomenal, phenomenal. And and another part of the community values that they foster is that every person has different strengths, and we need to play mm-hmm. to our strengths. And figure out how what, what that is, so that we can understand each other and work together more effectively. And we celebrate, we celebrate each other's strengths and highlight those things instead of being competitive or just being or just being ignorant of each other. We actually get to know each yeah. other and work together.
1: On a fun note, what are your top five
0: strengths? <laughs> uh, basically, I'm a nerd. That's basically what.
1: <laughs> Wait, can I guess? Can I guess? Oh, to do see you if know them, them so them? well
0: that yeah, that's awesome.
1: I, well, I was in res life before I was in, oh. um, was an upper bound. I was kind of my stepping stone into upward bound. I could even say, Got so it. I remember okay. my five strengths. We talked about them all the time. Is learner in your top five? It
0: is. Good job.
1: Yes. Um, gosh, I don't know. There's so many, there's 36.
0: <laughs> yeah. There's a lot. Uh,
1: um, I don't know what else. Tell me the others.
0: Okay. So learner is number four for me. Okay. My number one is intellection.
1: Okay. So that's
0: basically thinking philosophically and big picture stuff which is like totally my jam. Mm -hmm. Uh, Number two is futuristic. So I'm motivated by the future and I want to move forward. I want to think about I don't want to think about now, I'm not very present. I'm always thinking ahead. Mm-hmm. Uh, number three, restorative. So, solving problems, getting to the bottom of the issue, and being analytical. Four, learner. And then five, responsibility. So, I take personal responsibility in something that I'm supposed to do. It's not just a job, I feel responsible for things. So, those are my top five. Yeah. But three of them are in the um, strategic thinking category, and then the other two okay. are in the executing category. So, I'm a nerd who mm-hmm. does things. So, <laughs> i
1: love that yeah
0: well, i'm sure you have like a zillion of your strengths in relationship building
1: yes i do
0: <laughs> yeah do you remember some? just as a fun side
1: yes i remember a couple of them my number one is communication um which is not surprising that's also my jam as you said um i also have harmony and yeah. input which is like learning about other people so that I can be harmonious with everyone. (laughs) And another, I do have futuristic though. So we have that one in common, which is, I mean, there's, there's 36. So to have one in the top five and then I have, I think it's like discipline. I'm not sure. That is one of them.
0: And I was was told by uh, Kara Joe, who helped lead us into this, that discipline is one of the rare ones.
1: I have discipline. It's my, I think it's my number three. So that's like when you're supposed to put on your resume.
0: That. Yeah, you're supposed to put that on your resume because it's a special strength.
1: <laughs> oh, I'll have to remember that. <laughs>
0: yeah, I can text you the one I wrote them down. I'm like, ah, I'm gonna get all the special ones. And I was none of them, so it's fine.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you're still special, Daniel. That's okay. I'm special
0: <laughs> in my own special way. So <laughs> but yeah, but like so, even things like this, like being an upward bound is benefiting us as employees. Mm-hmm. Um how much more, you know, the participants that are in it. And then another, another thing I'll mention that I just love is that because the students have to apply to be in the program, they self-select into the program. And then of course, because, you know, it's, the program is very academically centered and focused, the nerdy kids kind of get to shine in a way. And and I'm not saying every kid in there, you know, has like big glasses with tape in the middle. Like, it's not like that, mm-hmm. but like there's a, there's a, there's a place for those students who maybe aren't on the top of the social totem pole in their Mm -hmm. public schools. They're able to be in an environment of like-minded students and they get to shine. And it's just really cool to see that from the teacher side where we have small classes and by small, I mean, um, like my biggest class is 10 kids. Um, Mm -hmm. I think if you ask other teachers in this area, that's a big class, but You know, it's a, it's a small rural area, but for me, it's small, 10 kids. So we get to have very individual interaction as teacher and student. And the kids are so motivated and engaged because they want to be there. They self-selected into the program. So they inherently Mm -hmm. care about succeeding. And oh my gosh, can I just say how amazing it is to teach in an environment where the students want to be there and they want to (laughs) learn?
1: It's rare and I'm so happy that it's you get to do boring. that for six weeks and I, I of hope, the year. I
0: hope I, I don't want to like, I'm not trying to like rub this in your face. Cause I know you've had, uh, <laughs> some <laughs> struggles in the past and, and mm-hmm. it's just not like that everywhere in mm-hmm. public school. And I, I mean, in private oh, yeah. school, I mean, just normal school, everyone has to do it. Everyone has to go to school. And so of mm-hmm. course you're not gonna have everyone there. You know, and you have to take classes that you didn't necessarily sign up for. Like everyone has to take biology. Sorry, if you hate biology, yeah. you have to take biology. That's just how public school works. You know, mm-hmm. um, but in 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 this small little sector of education, it's just amazing and and so fulfilling to be be in that place as an educator. Um, yeah, it's like this is the gold standard of why we do this. It's it's really cool. That's awesome. So oh. Yeah, but I uh, clearly, I feel like I've just been like happy ranting this whole episode. Um, <laughs> I'm just like, this is, this is an amazing program. And I am forever professionally indebted to Sarah and Erica and Donna for how they have structured this program and how they lead um, and how they conduct this, this program yeah. and, 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 and lead and administrate in such an amazing way. Um,
1: Same. I mean, it's still, I mean, I told them this when I worked there. I'm like, it's still my goal someday to professionally find my way back to upper bound. Um, I it's, it's hard because you have to seek out an exact program and they're not very big. I mean, it depends, Right. but you know, um, and I don't know, there's, I'm in Iowa. So there is one in Ames that's connected with Iowa state university. And then there is, um, some kind of trio program, I think that's in connection with Des Moines and the Des Moines Area Community College. So it's on my radar. And who knows, maybe, maybe someday I will find my way back. I think it was everything I loved about education and why I wanted to do it in the first place. And so I think I kind of wrote to myself, honestly, to, um, you know, like, continue to remember how great it was. And I think the podcast was a really good little boost for me and remembering all of that and having you know, flashbacks to the summers, especially. Um, so, yeah, I'm excited. We got to talk about this.
0: Yeah, for sure. I love how you said that it's like all the best things about education kind of in one place. Um, yeah. I think that's a great way to say it. So, yeah. And it was cool. I, I told Sarah that I was going to do this episode because I was asking her for, you know, some information and data. And she was like, Oh, Carly, like, oh, she's not teaching. Like, there's upward bounds in the air. Like, she was immediately like, We got to get her plugged in. Like, and she was like, coming to your, on your behalf to be like, I can find programs. I know people like just, you know, I'll be in touch, you know, like,
1: yeah, I will reach out to her and I know she will reach out to me if I ever, like, if I ever initiated that. Um, it's like, it's like, it's on my mind for
0: sure. It was just really cool how immediately she was wanting to look out for you and, and advocate for you. Um, yeah. And
1: it's been like, you know, three years right. since I was involved. Exactly. So that's really cool. Yeah. It was
0: awesome. <laughs> so yeah, just another cool thing, but man, this was awesome. I, yeah, yeah. Upper Bound's amazing. And, um, if anyone's listening to this episode, um, just out of curiosity, you should get online and see if there are Upward Bound programs near you. Um, I think you might be surprised, um, that there is one near you, or maybe if you're in a larger area, there's probably two, three, four, or five programs around you. And what that does is that speaks to the need in your area of educational opportunities that need to be presented. Um, Because again, upper bound is geared towards low income first generation students. And so if there's an upper bound in your area, or if there's multiple upper bounds in your area, um, that is an indicator of, economic, not educational good that is being done in your area. And so, uh, yeah. it, it would just be very cool to, to be aware of that and know about that. And, uh, I don't know, get on their website, each upward bound I'm sure has their own website, get on there and see what they do. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, I want to say get involved, but like get educated, know, know what's out there because this is a really cool yeah. thing that's happening. Um, and I just, I don't know how many people know about it. So I'm really happy to talk about it and spread the word in any way I can. Yeah. Great. Anything else from you, Carly?
1: No, I think just to echo what Daniel said, like it might, it might be out there near you. And it's just, I mean, of all of the, you know, not great things happening in the world, upper bound is a, is a real bright spot. And that sounds kind of cliche and cheesy. Um, And this is coming from like someone who's pretty cynical about education right now. And even I can't think of a bad thing to say about upper bound. (laughs) So Um, it's, it's the unicorn, um, of, you know, government programs that are out there really working, really just effectual. It's, it's super cool.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Or if you're listening to this and you are in education, maybe you're a college student. This would be an amazing, this could be a, a great opportunity for you to get involved in education in a different capacity than maybe you had considered before. So I'll throw that out as well. Yeah. Cool. Well, Carly, it was great to talk with you.
1: Yes. Great to talk with you again.
0: I super enjoyed this. We'll have to, we'll just have to keep going. Yes, we will. Awesome. I'm here. Sounds great. (laughs) Awesome. Well, I'll catch you on the next one. Thanks everyone for listening. Bye.